My name's Sarah Frick, and you're listening to Are You For Real? A podcast all about being real. Like, really real, not just cute Instagram real. Like, real. Hey guys, welcome back to Are You For Real with Sarah Frick. Today, I am going to be diving into a topic that is really personal to me, but that I really love and one that has gotten me from point A to point today, basically. And I think there's so many different facets to it. So um, yeah, let's just dive in. I'm going to talk about confidence, um, self-worth, things that take me out of my power, things that keep me in my power, and five tips that I use to really stay in my power and out of my head. Um, But first, I want to tell you guys a story. So Um, I am doing a little consulting for a group that is starting um, a community in town or a center in town. And today we had to take a test. And the test was like about um, to kind of develop what the client would look like. And so there's we're sitting at this board table and there's all these people and they're all really, really smart. Like they have like 12 more degrees than me. Okay. So this makes my, I mean, like my heart's been racing since, and I'm not kidding. And usually I bring Carter with me to these things. Cause she's kind of like, she's my side chick and she makes me laugh and she laughs at my jokes. And so I'm like, Hey, I brought my friend, <laughs> but she's in Scotland. So I had to go by myself, even though this is what's so cute about our relationship and her and how much she loves the biz is that we actually, she phoned in. <laughs> from Scotland, but it wasn't very helpful because she couldn't take the test for me. Um, So I, as a student, was, let's just say since I was probably about four or five, they always said, Sarah is a social butterfly. So I love people. I love connection. I wasn't super invested in my studies. Things that I was interested in, I was like all about. But things that just didn't really like fire me up, I was like, meh, boring, boring, boring. So today we all sat down and they handed out these extra long sheets of paper. And you had a few minute each question. And all of a sudden my heart literally was like racing, 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 racing. So I walk in, (laughs) I brought my computer with me because I thought that would look really smart. My computer was dead. But I brought it in. It was like my briefcase. I brought in my computer and my Saqqara salad and my um, reusable water bottle because I didn't want to bring in plastic. I try not to drink out of plastic anyway, but I was like really proud of like all my efforts to look extra like eco chic. And I had all my stuff. I set it on the table and they're like, they hand out these tests. And I was like, motherfucker, I don't have a pen. So I had to like, excuse me, I had to ask the girl next to me. I'm like, hey, sorry, can I use a pen? And she was like rifling through a bag. She was, everyone was super nice. She was like, absolutely, absolutely. And um, she was like, all I have is this purple marker. <laughs> and I was like, perfect. <laughs> so I'm sitting there with my scroll, which is my test. It's like the longest piece of paper ever. And all of a sudden it hits me this is where I remember I took me back to high school where I did not feel confident. And I did not feel like I remember sitting in front of tests and it never, I I was not a good studier and I've, I've since been, and I've, I've, well, I was when I was really little and like, I've always struggled a little bit with ADD and just paying attention to certain things. And so I was like, oh my God, oh my God, here we go, here we go. And so what they said is everyone around the table is going to fill in your answers. There was maybe like 10 questions. You had a few minutes for each question. 
And then you had to pass your sheet to the right. So I'm like, not only am I going to be writing these answers, but now someone in this really smart community who has 67 degrees is going to be reading it. And I don't know how to spell. And I have a purple marker. (laughs) So, So I start like, so I start to read the questions and I'm like, I start to like, okay, I'm like, all right, so what's the first thing I do? What's the first thing I know that works for me is I put my feet in the ground. So I put my feet in the ground. I'm like, there's earth. Okay. So there, there I am. I'm like grounded. And I'm like, okay, Sarah, you're in your 15 year old self right now. You are not taking a test. These people want you here, you know? And in fact, like you're, you're an added benefit. You're different than the group, but like, that's kind of cool. Like that's what you've created in your life. Take a breath in, take a breath out, another inhale and another exhale. And so I did that and I got my purple pen and I, we went through each question and I just like went all heart, you know? And, and the guy was so lovely who was leading this. He was like, you can't do it wrong. And I, my first, like my 15 year old self was like, I've heard that before. I'm going to fail. Someone's going to make fun of me. Like, of course I can do it wrong. And then like my now self was like, you're right. You can't do it wrong. Like look at where you've come from and what you've created. And so it's so, it was, it was actually really interesting for me since I knew I'd be recording this today and I was sitting there and I was like, man, I have really come so far with this idea of like self-worth and confidence and what I used to tie to what the importance of that was to where I am now to like, because I know myself and I know where my strengths are and I know how to really dive into those strengths and I know there's value in those. Um, so I just want to share with you guys, actually, I wrote this I'm trying to be a little bit more, um, less me. <laughs> no, I'm trying to like keep a rhythm with this. And, and I know for me, I need to make notes because my brain does ping pong left and right. So I wrote confident self-worth at the top of the page and what this means to me. So it's a little bit all over the place, but I'm just going to share it with you guys. And then I'm going to, I'm going to keep on diving. It means to be good with myself, no matter what, even if it hurts and it's painful, like the way to get to this place or me, for me, has come from deep truth and acceptance of all of me, my good, my bad, my shameful, my ugly, my hurt, and my happy. So it's like this. I am a whole human with whole parts and whole feelings, and they are valid. And it's okay if I'm on an island solo in that. I prefer to be in a pack. I am a pack animal, but I believe in myself truly, and if I have to be alone in that, I will. I've gotten really good at listening to my gut. We all have intuition, and I think on lots of things, we actually know the answer and the truth. We do. We probably don't want to admit it to ourselves sometimes, but we know. Like, even in my life right now, I know there are certain things, and yet I am playing the asking and the seeking game because I'm not quite ready to boss up to all these things, and that's okay, too. I am learning that sometimes we let things just be. I am a fast mover. Those who know me are rolling laughing because that's an understatement. My little brother is like, you are frantic, and maybe I am. I'm a passionate person, and when I feel it, I motherfucking feel it. I'm like, let's go. I do trust myself. I trust myself a lot. Even if it's a scattered mess and my life looks a little bit out of whack to some people, I know all the moving parts. I have my mental lists. I have good people who take care of me. And if it is going to happen, it will happen. I am going to do it. If I say I'm going to do something, I always do it. And so for me, when I was just kind of like sketching this whole thing out, like that to me is the self-worth. It's, it's the acknowledgement of like, okay, you know what? It, it might look really strange to someone looking in from another place, but I'm good with it. And the way I've gotten good with it is that there's this huge piece on like acceptance and being in my power, surrounding myself with other people who totally get me. Um, and then there is a fun little piece of explaining it to people who, who don't, who are like, I don't even know what you're talking about. 
And um, that's when I get to share that that piece of me. And the thing about it is, is it's not contingent on whether they understand it or don't. What the learning is in it and what it is, is that I can explain it and I can like explain it with my shoulders back and my chest open and be like, yo, this is who I am. And, and there's a, there's so much beauty in that for me and a lot of grace in that because for so long I was trying to explain things about myself or what I did or what I didn't do or the decisions I made to make sure that everyone else in the room was okay. And once I was like stepped back and I was like, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. And it doesn't mean that everyone's going to like, it, and it doesn't mean that it's for everyone. That's a huge one. Um, it doesn't have to be for everyone. Someone may be listening to this right now and might be like, this is a good time to tune out because this isn't for me. And I have to be okay with that. If I'm going to be a stand for like, Hey, my self-worth is important and it's more important than you liking me. So how this shows up in my life in different places. So I'm going to just speak to five different categories. So that'll kind of, you can maybe get a vibe for it, maybe get a feel for it. So self-worth and confidence in my work. It shows up for me that when I go into a classroom, I can look at bodies and I can see how different bodies move. That definitely takes experience too. I've been looking at bodies, you know, I've been speaking to, um, people, I'd say women primarily, but definitely men as well. A lot more men now, which is I'm super stoked on, but I've been speaking and sharing my story and like telling this like love story basically, you know, for 15 plus years looking at bodies. So when I can look at bodies and I can smartly move them in and out of postures and I feel really confident in the flow and it feels safe and connected, then that that puts me in my power. And that's a huge thing, right? Like we have to feel connected in what we're doing you know, most of the day. I mean, I spend a lot of time doing this stuff. And if I was doing something I didn't believe in or doing something that I was like, meh, half ass about, I, I don't think I would feel that connectivity from it. So that for me, like work is a big piece. Um, I'm not going to get too into the whole work thing. You guys have heard me say it a million times. I, sur- I do, I've made very conscious choices to surround myself with good people. This was not something that just fell in my lap. I was not like, hey, all the great people come and let's all be friends and this and that. That's not how that worked. Like it takes, it took time to to curate the group of people that are in my work environment and to choose that. So that is definitely something that is, um, it's key for me because like I said, I spend a lot of time there. How it shows up in my life with my children. This one is can be more challenging. I was just sharing with a friend earlier that I'm, you know, being a working mom, we have this like mom guilt thing and mom guilt is really, really real. And it's also a story that we create in our head. I was talking to a friend of mine, actually Katie Marco, who you guys know and love. And she, I, we were, she had done something and she said, what can't you do? Like joking, sending me back. And I said, Katie, I am like experiencing this crazy mom guilt lately. I'm, you know, on month two of this new business and I'm putting so much of my time in it. And she was like, Sarah, your children are loved. They are safe. They are cared for. They are fed. They sleep, you know, in, and they go to, a, they have a warm bed every night and you're doing a really, really good job. So with my children, even though like, like my, like little kids, they don't say thank you a lot. <laughs> they don't look at you and go, Hey mom, you're doing a great job. Sometimes my five-year-old does. And when he does that, I'm like fireworks go off, but it's so amazing to have other mothers in my circle that are like, 
whether they work out of the home or even work in the home, it doesn't matter. We're all working. And for them to, for us to be able to acknowledge each other in that community and be like, Hey, you're doing a really good job. It's, you know, like you're working for a higher purpose. And that, that is really, really helpful for me and my confidence as well as a mother, just to be amongst other women that are, you know, bossing up and doing big stuff and loving their children. So with friends, um, my, uh, social time, because I work a lot and I want to be with my children is small and really valuable. So, um, I, again, choose these people and choose these times and choose these situations. Um, what's going to feed me is, you know, is going out and raging going to feed me? Probably not. Probably be better served, like having a more intimate circle and being able to share some thoughts, maybe have a little wine, cook dinner. Um, and I have to ask myself that because there is a party girl in me and she is not fully dead. I'm, I've tried to kill her for a really long time, but she is like a survivor. So, <laughs> um, you know, having the good, the good community and the people also that are like your mirror. So I'll, that will look at you and be like, Hey, you need to check yourself a little bit. Like this is, seems a little off balance or, Hey, you're being really hard on yourself or, you know, whatever you're doing right now is, doesn't seem to be fulfilling you or however that looks like just having people that will be honest with you, but that you trust so that you can lean into it. And it doesn't seem so much as like criticism as like a soft place to land with an opportunity to grow. Um, the next one is your relationship. Um, so my relationship with John, when we can communicate with each other and we can talk to each other and we can put our phones down and like make eye contact, physical touch, sex. I mean, this is what you do in a marriage to stay connected, right? Like if we're just passing ships in the night, it does not work for me. It does not fill me up. I know it does not fill him, him up. It's like we're just kind of roommates who are making each other wipe little people's asses all the time. And that's, that's not good for us. I mean, I'm only speaking for us, so that does not, that does not seem to work. So I know for us, it's a constant conversation of working on it. And there's been so many times in our marriage where he's like, I swear to God, if you say the word connection one more time, I'm going to fucking jump. And I'm like, but I just want to be connected to you. (laughs) And it's kind of a joke now, kind of, (laughs) um, you know, and being able to laugh, holy moly, being able to just have a giggle. We were driving home from Polly's Island um, <laughs> a few weeks ago, and we, I don't know what it was like. It was like super, super windy, and I had <laughs> my phone in my hand. This is not even that funny, but we cried laughing. I had my phone in my hand, and the wind like slapped the side of the car, and John was driving, and it startled me so much that I, my whole body shook, and I like dropped my phone, and he looked at me, and he just started dying laughing. John really likes to scare people, so he thought it was hilarious. And just watching him giggle and laugh like that. I mean, I was like, we were laughing so hard. I was crying. And that's just such a good release just to be like, oh my gosh, we're human. And I see you for that person you were before we added in a hundred kids and grief and bills and all the other things that like compound you into this like marriage. Right. So seeing that person again, I I use this um, as a meditation in some of my classes and also in my own life that Imagine that you're you're at a party and you see your partner across the room and they're meeting someone for the first time and you see the way that they're talking to that person and 
you are able to see that person without like the layers of all the things, the the kids, the resentment, the bills, the fights, the, the unanswered texts or the, the thing that never got said before you went to bed that one night and then a year has passed and it's still like deep in your heart. If you can see across the room at that person without the whole story that's like come between you, it's almost like a big like <sighs> breath of air. And, and it elevates you to like, remember, why, why do we start this thing? Like, let's get back to square one. Like, what got us here? And, and that, that takes time and connection. But I tell you what, a good laugh will get you there fast. Um, fitness. So for me, fitness, being strong, not only physically, but mentally, is a huge, obviously, I've made a whole life off of it, but is a huge, huge thing that creates confidence and self-worth in my body. And when I say fitness, I don't mean being able to fit into a certain size pair of pants or having like necessarily like a 12 pack. That might be like secondary to it, but it's literally how it makes me feel to dissipate energy, to recharge my body and to, to connect to myself. Um, I know the most disconnected I ever feel is when I'm in my head and not in my body because there is some crazy committee meetings up there that I don't even want to be part of, right? I'm in there and I'm like, who the hell is sitting at the front of the table? And it's not me. And I'm kind of like standing against the wall, like facing the wall. And I'm like, nobody look at me over here, right? So when I move my body and you're, and you might be like, I don't really like high energy fitness. I don't care. Put your shoes on and go for a walk outside. You know, like, um, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It could, it's literally movement therapy. This is scientific. It turns your brain differently and it allows your body to just breathe all the way through. And breath is so powerful. So there's no word for breath in Sanskrit language. And Sanskrit is the old Indian ancient <clears throat> language of yoga. The word for breath um, is prana and prana means life force. So we don't get to choose our first breath and we don't get to choose our last breath most of the time, but we do get to choose the breaths in between. And that's a really, really powerful place to be. And if you can move that breath through your body and start to like discharge excess energy and then recharge as you do it, I'm telling you what, you will be 100% in your power. So I have this little exercise I like to do, and it's what takes me out of my power and what puts me in my power. And um, I'm just going to talk to you guys a little bit about that because it's actually something kind of fun to journal on or even just like type out on your phone or whatever, wherever you write things down. I'm not much of a, a writer. I actually like to send myself emails. Um, <laughs> when I started working with Carter I like, I text message myself a lot. And she was like, do you literally have yourself in your phone as me? <laughs> I was like, yeah, me, who else would I be? <laughs> so, um, I text me things a lot, <laughs> but okay. So what, what, let's start with what takes me out of my power. I'll be, I'll just be silly first. And these are real though. I hate getting gas. I hate going to like Lowe's, Home Depot's, any hardware store. I am like, utterly confused. I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. All I care about is like the snacks <laughs> and like the Skittles and the drinks. And it's funny because I'm married to a builder and I, I don't care. I don't know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know about fertilizer or nails or hammers or bathrooms. I just could care less. Um, so that really takes me out of my power. The reason why gas takes me out of my power is because I feel like it's a waste of time because I'm there and it's like, I also took my credit card in three times. Then I got to pump the gas and I'm always barefoot, which I know is so like Brit Brit, you know, at the gas station, disgusting, but I just don't care. So that and that takes me out of my power. Um, I'll be really honest with you guys at the end of a long day at work. And this is why I love Erica, my nanny 
wrangling my savage children to take baths. They hate baths. And so it's really helpful on my long days. I'm like, Erica, could you please bathe the children? And she's like, absolutely. Even though it's torture, I'll do this for you. So that is another thing that takes me out of my power. Things that put me in my power. Actually, let me give you more of what takes me out of my power. Um, Okay, so this kind of puts me in my power and takes me out of my power. It's like a a double-double. When people don't get what I do. When people think that all I do is fitness. Um, because I'm so passionate about it and I feel like there's so much more and you meet people and they're like, oh, you're in the fitness community. Cool. Yeah. I bought these pair of pants. And then like I went on Christmas vacation and I just got so fat and like, I really need to get back into it. But it's just like, ugh. and I'm sorry, I'm not making fun of anybody because I've literally said the same thing. Believe me, I'm mimicking me. Um, <laughs> and there's so much more to it. I want to be like, how much time do you have? Can we talk about this? Like, I want to tell you everything and I can't because a lot of times people don't want to hear it, which I get. And it's not for everybody. And that's what I have to remember. That's also kind of why it does put me in my power because if I'm like in like an amazing like ninja space and I can throw them this like zinger one-liner and they're like, what, what, that, what? And it draws them in and we can actually have like a really intellectual conversation for like five minutes I feel so good because, you know, it's like when you experience something really, really good, you want everyone to experience it. I remember when I first started practicing, I literally was like, I would like shame people. I was like, you have to come with me. And people were like, yeah, I'm not that into it. I'm like, no, 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 no. You have to come with me, which is the worst way to get someone to come with you, first of all. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I love what I do so much. And I see these transformations like every day. And I'm, I just, I talk to certain people and I'm like, oh my gosh, you would love this if I could just get through to you. And that might not be the day to do it. So takes me out of my power, puts me in my power. Other things that take me out of my power, like I just said before, is when I'm not connected to my work, when I'm not connected to my partner, when I'm not, when I don't feel like I'm getting enough time with my children, I can feel it. Like I wake up really early sometimes and I'm like, you know what? I got to pull back. I need to get a class sub. Like I've got to like spend some time with these babies. Um, so those are things, few of the things that take me out of my power. There's a whole other list of things, you know, math, science, stuff like that, general. Um, things that put me in my power are doing the heart work. And when people have their moments and they're like, I came to do this fitness thing and oh my gosh, like I get it. And I'm like, you get it, you get it. Um, And that's really special to me because until it like hits you in your heart, just like anything else, it's just words. And, and you know, it's, you just like, you just want to share it with so many people. Um, Other things that put me in my power is I love watching like a good movie with my whole family because it's the only time my twins are still. And they're not there, especially my younger van, my, my younger by one minute, the boy twin, he is on the move. If I can have all three of my kids and John too, he can like come or go. I mean, he's great. But like, if I can have all three of my kids in my arms and we are like snuggled in watching a movie, I'm like, oh, it's just so awesome. Cause I feel like we're together and we're able to like hang out and be together. Um, and let's see, there's so many other things right now in my life that are like putting me in my power, a good meal, a good cry, a freaking 
awesome sweaty class where I'm like filled up, down, left, right. If you're local, I am so into Revolution right now. Of course, I'm into the works, plug the works, but I love Revolution. I have several favorite instructors, but the two girls that I can get to most are Jillian Zettler and Katie Penta, who are just like, these girls go up there and they freaking bleed. And I love that. They're not scared to open their mouth. They're not scared to say what everyone's thinking and they just bring it and their playlists are bomb. So those are just a few things that keep me in my power. I think part of the reason why this is so important, um, is the world's a really, a really hard place. It is. Let's, you know, it, it, it's, it's relative. I, I sometimes feel like I say, oh, the world's so such a hard place. And then I look at like, just for example, like what's going on with our refugee situation. I'm like, how dare you even say something like that? And it is, it's all relative, right? Like we were all born into different places and have different pain and have different suffering and loss is loss and grief is grief. And it it is relative. It's a feeling. Um, And at the same time, like if we can have compassion for ourselves, we can have compassion for other people in that place. And it does take confidence and self-worth to put your feet in the ground and and be a stand for a community that that doesn't have a voice. Um, And especially I feel like in, in the political climate that we're living in right now, you know, there are there is such a pushback. There's such a like a left and a right and a this and a that and a right and a wrong. And my my stance on that, not I'm not gonna get into that whole thing right now, but my stance on it is like humanitarianism. And it's you know, like if we can be true to what we believe in at the core of who we are, then we want to help others, we want to love others. And there is it's so, so needed. I just look around just in the town that we live in. I talk to friends that work in like communities with foster children and children that are in the hospital. And, you know, if, if watching a a sick child leave a hospital and go to a foster care home locally in your own community with a teeny tiny bag and one toothbrush doesn't break your heart, you're not paying attention. So to have even just the confidence to say that, because somebody maybe listening is not going to agree with that, but that's like what I believe wholeheartedly. And it's really, really important stuff. Um, you know, our, our confidence can't be contingent on what other people believe in about us. Truly, it is ha- does have to be like our own, our own worth, our own self-will. So that's that. Now I want to tell you guys something, okay? I have some tips, to really stay in my power and out of my head um, is to, for me, these work for me, move your body, move your body, move your body. I don't care if you get out of bed and you're like, I am in my head. I am feeling a little crazy. Move your arms around, like put on a stupid song and dance around your damn house. Do some jumping jacks. Like you get your heart rate up a little and you can't focus so much on like the constant pounding on your brain. Cause you're like, I got to catch my damn breath. You know, it, it's just something as simple as that, that can change that conversation. It's really powerful. Um, something else that I like to do is if I'm having any sort of like anxiety or feeling like out of my body, I always remember that I've been in a situation probably like this before and I've survived. Like I will survive this, um, as well. You know, if, if, if I have been through the other things that I have been through and I'm sitting here again, I'd have tools from all those other things as well. And like, I've seen this before. Okay. Okay. Self take a deep breath in. You've seen this, you can do this. And to do that for me, again, there's the meditation, move your body to sit down and connect. And also if, you know, if you can sit down and connect to yourself, that's huge. If you have a partner, um, that you can make eye contact with, that always brings me back to earth too. And that might seem kind of weird, like to sit knee to knee with someone and make eye contact with them. But maybe you like go out and get a cup of coffee, make eye contact with the person making your coffee. Hey, thanks. 
that connection creates a community in your body that is like the human, the human connection. And when we feel alone, we think we're like all alone. But if you make that connection, like, Hey, thank you. Someone's going to feel appreciated and look you back and say, Hey, you're welcome. And that simple connection right there, again, will get you out of feeling completely hopeless and alone. Um, Another thing sometimes for me when I can when I get in my head, it's because there's something situational going on. So clearing up anything on your own end that you don't feel complete with. And that's being humble and saying, I'm sorry, you know, I messed up. And doesn't mean I won't mess up again, but I know right now that like I did this and and I'm really sorry about that. Or if the situation's reversed, have the confidence to go to that person and say, Hey, you did me wrong. And I'm not gonna be a stand for that. Like I don't deserve that. And that's that. Like you need to clear this up and, or we need to figure this out or we need to like part ways. Um, cause you don't need that negative energy in your life. One of my favorite meditations I'm going to actually lead you guys through right now. So if you're driving, do not close your eyes. <laughs> um, but I'm going to close my eyes and here's what I want you guys to do. Even if you're driving, you can just start to breathe. You can listen to this. If you're at home listening to this, go ahead and close your eyes and just find a seat. It doesn't have to be some like meditation seat. You don't have to find Gianni Mudra or anything like crazy or find a pillow, but just find a seat. And I want you to start to pay attention to the cadence of your breath. So just the rise and the fall of your breath. So just taking a few, few moments right here just to feel your full inhale. And then your dissipation is your exhale. So we work a lot with contracting the body and expanding the body, right? So just feeling that rise and that fall. And like I said before, that's your prana, that's your life force. So that is your guiding force. When that leaves your body, it's done. So right now you're choosing your breath. Okay, and so I want you to visualize, and a lot of you that are with me at work know we, we do this one often. I love this one. I want you to visualize yourself walking, and you're walking down a hall, and this hall is a really pleasant place to be. You don't feel rushed. You're not waiting on anybody. Nobody's waiting on you. There's no like time restraints. You're just walking. And you get to a door and I want you to open the door. And you're going to walk into this room and this room is really really pleasing to you. The temperature's perfect. The windows are open and there's a breeze. The view from where you're standing as you open the door is like of this really beautiful place. And there's a big table in there. And the table isn't um, like a corporate board table that you would sit down. It's a table and you're like, hey, I want to sit. I want to sit at the head of this table. And so you take a seat at the head of the table. And from there, you just sit down. And I just want you to feel the environment, like feel the breeze on your shoulders, feel the breath in your body. As you sit down, you're, you're straight in your back and your heart is feeling like there's an open space like between your chest, between your clavicles. And you're just breathing in and you're breathing out. And then I want you to invite over to this table all of your stressors, all of your deadlines, all of your wins, all of your losses, all of your joys, right? The things that have not been cleared up and cleaned up, um, any type of grief, any type of trauma, loss, happiness, all of the things, like all of the things that are in your brain that are swirling around. And this might seem counterproductive. Okay, like why? I got my head clear and now you're asking me to bring all this shit to the table. But I want you to invite everybody to the table and your table like might have to grow and that's okay. Everyone gets their own seat and they're not fighting for their seat. Everyone just takes a seat. And then I want you to take a minute to look around the table 
And some of the things that you invited might be feelings, like past feelings, and they might be really great feelings, and maybe they might be some feelings that cause pain. And I want you just to look from seat to seat at all the things that are around these table. And I just want you to feel it and acknowledge it. And in this space, you're just looking at it. You're not giving it a whole lot of power. You're not like rushing yourself over to the, to the grief and holding it and letting it sob. And you're not rushing over to the happiness and jumping up and down. And you're not rushing over to that ex-lover and like smacking him in the face or whatever. Like you're literally going around this table and you're just looking at it, right? In the space of total acknowledgement of that all of these things that are inside of you are okay. And that you're actually the one that's sitting at the head of the committee. Like you are the one in charge with your feet on the ground and your back straight and your heart open. And even though some of these things to you may feel like shameful or hard or incomplete, that's okay too. Right? We're this work in progress. And then I want you just to look around the table one more time and ask everyone to stand up and just excuse them from the table and you still stay there. And take a big breath in, and then exhale. Okay, so that's that dissipation, and that's good. So breathe in, breathe in, like all the thoughts, all the feelings, like your heart might feel supercharged right now, and then just exhale, alleviate it. And then one more time, breathe in, and breathe out, and knowing that from this place, with all these things that are still inside of you, you're complete, you're good, you're moving forward. So for me, that meditation in itself can be really, really healing in the sense that I'm able to acknowledge things that are going on in my life that I can't maybe get to just yet. And they're there, they're there, but it's okay that they're there. I am still full of worth and I am still full of confidence and I'm still doing my thing and you can too. So I just want to remind you guys that, um, you know, everything you've experienced in your life, and I know I have a lot more life to live, I hope I do, and I, I know you do, and I hope you do as well, but everything you've experienced up until this point, it is a part of you, and it's a part of your fabric, and that's okay. I'm, I'm, I have a hard time when people say to me, just let, let it go, let it go. I mean, if I could have let it go, I would have let it go. So sometimes it's just like, let it be, or let it be part of you, and, and that's okay. Um, anyway, guys, I'm so glad I got to share this with you guys. You are doing the work. We are doing this work together. And I'm just, I feel really, really full in, in the sense that I get to share this with you and you're listening and I hope you'll share it with anyone else you think will benefit from this and have an awesome day and we will talk soon.